Mental health is a topic that is rarely touched upon within today's communities, especially for the black community, for both younger and older generations. No matter how old or young you are, no matter how many life experiences you have or don't have, we all have mental struggles we must confront and deal with at some point in our lives. Unfortunately, in finding ways to seek help, some may turn to drastic measures and ultimately give up their own lives. In 2019, the Center for Disease Control and Prevention, also known as the CDC, released an article stating over 47,500 Americans committed suicide, which was roughly one death for every 11 minutes. If you are in crisis or suspect that a loved one or anyone you may know could be in potential danger of committing suicide, please get the help needed to save a life before it's too late. Simply call the National Suicide Prevention Hotline at 1-800-273-8255 or visit www.suicidepreventionhotline.org. Again, that's 1-800-273-8255 or go to www.suicidepreventionhotline.org for more information. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Birdhouse Podcast, where we are thriving through today's world through a bird's eye view. My name is Isaiah Williams, aka Speedy Bird, and uh, this episode is going to be a little different today. This is it's going to be a little bit different. Um, it's been a tough weekend. It's been a tough. A tough week, a tough weekend over the last couple of days. And uh, I have a lot to have to speak about today. So without taking too long and to explain everything that's been going on. Um, if you are not familiar with the track world or the track community. Um, former Houston Sprinter. And NCAA 100-meter champion Cameron Burrell recently passed away at the age of 26. Um, now, personally, for me, I've never known him. I've never spoken to him at all. But I do know people who have talked to him, who have been his friends, his family, his teammates, and so I do understand that the impact that he's created, not just within the city of Houston, but just around the country, around the globe, within the entire track world. And it's it's devastating. So I wanted to start out this episode to say, um, rest in peace, rest in paradise to Cameron Burrell. Um I pray that our Heavenly Father guides his soul to his kingdom so that way he may enjoy eternal rest the proper way. Um, I can say for myself, this was this was tough to look at. This was tough to look at. I remember the way that I was introduced to Cam was Back in 2018, when I was about to graduate high school and I was watching the national meet live on TV and I saw Cam running 100 meters. I saw him running 
a 4x1 where they broke the collegiate record in 4x1 and then he took the 100 title and it was just crazy just to see not only how fast he was but just everything about him and then to see his tribute to his teammate after he won the 100 title that was courageous because you don't see that type of thing too often so that's how I was introduced to him and then you know to see years later that he ends up passing away it's it's devastating you know to think that here I am at 21 years 21 years young and he was only 26 and just to think about the the thought that could have that could have been me. You know, and that's the thing about it is that's the thing about death. It's it can come at any moment, at any time, and at any age. And the reason why I say that is because when I first when I first opened up uh Twitter, I think the other day. And I was just, you know, scrolling through and just, you know, just looking at it just for a little bit because I didn't want to spend too much time on it. Um, and when I saw rest uh, or prayers up for the Burrell family, and I was thinking to myself, okay, what in the world is going on? Like, please don't tell me that something bad has happened. And then while I kept continuing to look and scroll and scroll and scroll, Starting to see more pictures of him, starting to seeing all you know, the RIPs, you know, the messages that everybody was leaving from his teammates and everybody knew him. It was just a, a devastating thought. And it's, how do I put this? It's, when I hear about stuff like this, especially when it comes to this case right here. How I do this. My first thought when I really heard about someone within the Burrell family dying, I'd my first instinct was linked to it possibly could have been uh his father, Leroy Burrell. Cause that was my first thought. It was going to be sad either way. Because Leroy Burrell has been a gigantic factor in the track and field world. I mean a former world record holder, uh, you know, the head coach over at the University of Houston and just the impact that he's had over that program. And so that was my initial thought that, you know, maybe his father passed away and you know, it was that was going to be you know, a very sad moment for not just for me necessarily because I don't have a personal impact to him, but I've seen the impact that he's had over the track community. And so that would have been very detrimental but it would have been a little bit more understandable and easier to hold on to because Cam was his legacy. And so my initial thought was if his father passed away, then Cam would be able to hold on to his father's dreams and continue on the legacy that he's built up over the last couple decades, him and his mom. 
But to see that it's the other way around. That's what makes it so detrimental because no parent should ever have to bury their kids. Let's just let's just get a couple of things just completely out of the way. All right. No parent. No godparent, no grandparent or whatever type of guardian you may be. You should never in any circumstance be at the point where you have to bury your child because they passed away. We also need to put an understanding that um, passing away within your 20s is not a normal thing. I don't care if you're 21, 23, 25, 29, 30, whatever, even going to your 30s, like early 30s, mid 30s. And I'll, I'll put it this way, passing away before the age of 50 should not be normal. And to see how this man was barely at the peak of his life, haven't even touched the peak of his life, if anything, is is detrimental. And the crazy thing is, I talked to a, a couple of my track friends the other day, on the other night, we was on the game, and we was all talking about it, and it's... It's so detrimental because a lot of times with within like these sports groups or like very close connected networks, seeing stuff like that is very hard because you have access to these people. Like you know these people. And that's that's one of the things that's so hard about being or so crazy about being a college athlete is you go from seeing some of these people on TV in high school and middle school and, and things of that nature to actually going to college and knowing these people and actually creating relationships with these people that you're seeing on the TV screen behind the scenes. And so it was it was crazy to me. It was crazy to everybody because it was unexpected. And even to... Even to this very moment, nobody truly knows how or why he ended up passing away. But regardless of the matter is that another young black man is is gone from this earth and he will not return. So, yeah, once again, rest in paradise to Cameron Burrell. Um, prayers, peace and blessings to his father, his mother, his family, his friends, former teammates, and just Houston in general. I know for a fact that he had a major impact on the city of Houston. So just prayers just for the city of Houston in general. Losing a, a very big young icon that was just starting to make his way into being one of the top young sprinters or young athletes that 
the track world has ever seen. So I definitely want to start with that. With that being said, I I really need to make this a notion that to everyone, to myself and everyone out there, that mental health is a thing. You don't you don't have to be on your deathbed. You don't have to be a newborn or you don't have to be just. It doesn't matter what situation you're in. You have to understand that mental health is something that has to be touched upon. The stigma around mental health for decades has just been. One of those topics where everybody seems as taboo that it's like, oh well, you talk about mental health, it's like, oh, you you need like you need help, like you need to see somebody, like that's kinda like, you kinda crazy, you know? And that's that that officially has to stop. Let's just let's just call it spade a spade. It has to stop. Mental health issues lies within all of us. You know, if you can you can even talk about myself, I'll I'll be the one to start, you know, is this situation touches strongly with me because I've been in that spot before. You know, I've I've attempted and thought about suicide multiple different times. I believe it's been about I want to say two to three years since I've thought about suicide. So praise God that I'm still here. But I've been in those situations to where though my mental fortitude wasn't there. That I was on that edge of or on the verge of taking my own life. And so with that being said, I think it's very important that we that we have these discussions with one another, especially within the black community, because we are known to carry around trauma for generations and not only do that, but we spread it amongst each other like wildfire. And on top of that, we don't necessarily teach one another how to uh deal with these issues that we have and when we don't know how to deal with it we turn to different things like drugs smoking drinking um reckless behaviors sex whatever the case may be and it's hard because Shoot, I'm I'm just gonna go there. Even being as a Christian man, stuff like mental health is not necessarily talked about within the church. And so that's why a lot of people turn away because when they're looking for help, this it's not really touched upon that much. Because we have we have to have an understanding. Yes, we know that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We know that God will take care of our every need. He holds us. He protects us. He loves us with unfailing love. At the same time, we also need to know that we've been given feelings. We've been given 
the ability to think. We've been given the ability to you know, express ourselves when we're feeling a certain way. You know, we have the ability to you know, get sad, to get angry, to be frustrated, to be upset. But nobody truly teaches the ways in which how we go about getting the help that we need of unlocking whatever these feelings may be. We can even go on further into uh, discrepancies of being an athlete, especially with mental health. Um, if you just recently watched the Olympics, uh, Simone Biles pulled out of multiple events from the gymnastics events because of her, her mental health. She fully explained that she just was not in the full mental capacity to compete in those events. And when you saw on social media all you know, the criticism and the different things that people were saying negative about her, it was it crushed my heart a little bit to know that I'll just put it quite plainly, a lot of people just don't care about us. Like friends and family, the true friends and family that we know that do care about us, they do their best to hold on to us. But when it comes to outside of our circle, athletes are seen as just show monkeys and entertainment. If we want to be quite honest about it, we're shown to or we're pushed to put aside all of our human characteristics and just put on a uniform when people and it's 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 just it's odd to know that people really don't understand it that as an athlete athletics is simply what we do but it is not who we are because we are still human beings just as a the next person Outside of a uniform. Like we go to our practices. We go to our competition. We do what we need to do. But then once. Lights turn off. The cameras go off. The TV. Goes completely dark. And we take those uniforms off. off. We're still a human being. Even when we put those uniforms on. We're still a human being. And it's crazy because. Or put on this high pedestal to say that, you know what, we don't care about you know, your outside life or how you're doing or how you're feeling, things like that. We just need you to entertain us and make this money. Essentially, that's that's the root of what it, it truly is in regards to being an athlete is the fact that you are entertaining others and it, it comes at a cost. It does. And it is very detrimental to um, your mental health, your mental fortitude, your spirit. And it's a daily struggle to deal with. You know, and it's. It's devastating. I remember. Back in 2019, where it was the SEC championships for indoor track. It was back in Fayetteville. And I remember it was an old friend of mine. She was 
crying so heavily because she has so much stress on her to win the the multi-event. She ended up winning. She ended up winning the championship and she ended up getting getting uh getting the title. But in the back of my head, I started thinking to myself, I can't imagine the amount of stress that she has knowing that everyone is wanting her to not only win the title for the team, but you got to think about it. It's, it's one of the biggest championship meets in the country. It's nationally televised and it's at home. That's a lot of pressure to carry. And to see day in and day out how a lot of these athletes carry themselves, it's it's terrifying to see. It's, I don't think people really realize like how sensitive and how not necessarily fragile, but I'll just put sensitive, how sensitive athletes really can be because We go about our daily lives and to know that everything we do is just put on a pedestal, that we have to perform, that we have to, that we have to supposedly be at the best of our best every single time we step on the line, when we step on the court, or we do whatever we have to do. And it's sus because when we don't have those top tier performances, people heckle us, excuse me, people, you know, say all these mean things, these hurtful things, and... They don't understand that it may not affect us at the very moment. It may not affect us a few days from that moment. But everything that happens, just a continuous buildup until eventually it blows over. And then, God forbid, that person is gone. You know, and I'd, I can't remember the statistic necessarily um but there's student athletes that and athletes in general that give their lives up every single year and you may not even know about it and so i think what we have to come to an agreement agreement is athletes are human okay athletics is just what we do it is not who we are as the entire person. Just like outside of athletics, your occupation, your career, your job field, that is simply what you do. That is not who you are as a complete person. And so we need to stop this stigma or suspicion or whatever the case may be, that athletes can't be hurt, athletes can't be sad, athletes can't have bad days, because they surely can. You've seen it. There's beyond too many examples of it. It happens all the time. I'm a victim of it. Somebody that you may know has been or is a victim of it now, and it happens everywhere. And the thing about it is just because we don't show it does not mean that you're not going through something. That goes for just about anybody. I think one of the main 
issues we have with um as was let me take it here a lot of times we can go back to our childhoods with parents and why you know from a younger age going all the way up to the older ages where um parents don't have that connection with their kids emotionally as to why a lot of the kids won't speak to them about these emotional issues well a lot of times especially if you're in a black house you're you supposedly can't get depressed you supposedly can't get sad you supposedly can't have all these different emotions because you know you don't have a quote-unquote reason to be sad you have too many things to be thankful for or you have um what else did I say they say that you don't pay bills you you say that you don't go through you know what you know I've been through or all this other stuff and to a certain degree that is true that is an understand as an understand understanding that has been reached but again it doesn't matter how old that you may be, how young you may be, what type of life experience you've had, you haven't had, what type of you know, situation that you're in. Mental issues happens to anybody and everybody. And if the help isn't given, the right help, if I may add, is given, then more people are going to continue to give their lives up because they can't find the help that they need. People ridicule them because they're trying to get the help that they need. And the cycle just continues to go on. And it's sick. It's very sick. You know, I've seen even my even my own friends' lives with you know, the pandemic and everything that's been going on is I just talked to uh, my best friend the other day and he said the the pandemic was very hard for him to know that um he couldn't go to school. He couldn't really get a job because a lot of the places were shut down. He couldn't see us. He didn't really know if we were OK, if God forbid, if we were even alive at the moment. And it was very harsh. And I think. The older generation have to come to an understanding that the younger kids do have issues. They may deal with their issues differently versus when the older generation were our ages within that that, uh, teenager to young adult range. Because times have differed, but it doesn't matter. I've seen people kicked out of their own houses before. I've heard situations of people being homeless at the ages of you know, where I'm at, so even younger. Whether it be on the internet, whether it be from friends that I know. And so it's hardships are not just an older generation thing. Hardships and situations hit everybody. Everybody goes through mental health health issues. The better question is how are we going to go about these issues and what can we do to um 
lessen the gap between um, the understanding of mental health and the communities that that need it. Because again, it going back to the black community for generations, it's been seen as like a taboo thing. Like, like if you live in a black household and you tell somebody that you need to see a that you're having depression or that you're that you need some help, you're seen as crazy or that uh, there's something wrong with you. And I'm here to tell you now that has to stop. Okay, it's it's over now. The times of telling people that they're crazy because they are trying to get the help for what's on the inside is is over. Because everybody's dealing with something. You may not show it, but you're dealing with something. And just because you don't tell any somebody about it doesn't mean that you should just keep it in. Because I remember I a lot of times you can go on social media, right? And you can see posts like Oh, make sure that you check on the uh your strong friends or things like that. Let's just be real. Nobody's really strong. Strength comes from the Lord. So without the Lord, nobody is really strong. If we want to be completely honest with ourselves, the only difference that a three-year-old from somebody who's 45 when it comes to their mental health is a three-year-old is able to I'll, how do I change this up? I'll put it like this. The difference between an elementary kid versus somebody who's in the workforce who's in the older generation from sharing their mental health issues is that a kid is going to be able to cry, to scream, to throw a tantrum and is able to express whatever that they're feeling on the inside. All an adult really is, is just a kid with more. Yeah. All an adult is when it comes to mental health is nothing more than a kid with more sophisticated ways to hide their issues. That's all it really is. We're nothing more than just older kids with just different and more uh, suspicious and uh, conniving ways to hide what's on the inside. Like if some if something's going wrong with somebody, they will literally tell you that they're just fine or that they're just okay for as long as they possibly can. And they will do whatever it takes for them to not share what's on the inside. And let's be honest, it it works. It does. Up to a certain point. I won't go further as to what that certain point may be because it could be anything. That's realistically the sad part about it is it can be anything. And so when we talk about mental health, there's a few things that we have to get off our chest. Number one thing is we have 
So number one, you have to find an outlet. What I mean by finding an outlet is you have to find some sort of way to express what's on the inside. Actually, let me scratch that. The first thing, the, the true number one is actually admitting to yourself that you have an issue. Let's get that straight out of the way. The first number one thing when it comes to figuring out your mental health is to actually admit to yourself that you have an issue. All right, nobody else can tell you. Nobody else can pull it out of you. You can go to any person, therapist, guru, whatever. Until you actually admit to yourself, you go to the mirror and you look at yourself and you tell yourself, I'm having a hard time. I'm having some issues with my mental health, my spiritual health, and emotional health. Nothing else can get done. So that has to be the first step. The second step is to then find an outlet. So whether it be journaling, listening to music, working out, um, talking to a friend, a family member, writing a poem, creating art, whatever the case may be. You have to find some sort of way to get out whatever is on the inside of you to get out. Because what happens is all that's going to do is fester up on the inside of you. It's just going to build and build and build and build and build until it could literally be the smallest thing as to, oh, somebody didn't pick up the trash. And you snap. And then the rest could literally be history. So those are the two main things when it comes to mental health. It oh, actually, that's the main two. The third thing you need to do is to find a community. And what I mean by that is I'm not just talking about just a random person that you meet. I'm just talking about just, or it could be, find truthful and honest people that not only care about you but are willing to tell you what you need to hear so that way they can help you pull you through and get you not only the help that you need but to get you on your process towards the betterment of yourself all right don't be around people that um are just trying to drag you down but also don't be around people that that uh that just wants you to stay in that type of misery. Because misery does bring company. Or brings misery loves company. In that matter. And so you want to be around people that not only love and care about you, but are not going to do everything for you, but are willing to guide you in the steps so that way you can help not only yourself, but then in turn, if these things do occur again, then you would know what to do. Right? It's because community within anything is important. But when it comes to helping helping you live a healthier lifestyle, especially mentally, you know, that's when that that's when it's really important. Welcome back. 
This is the part of the episode where I call my final flight, where I basically, I basically just go over the topic of the day and just having my final thoughts, giving my final thoughts on the topic itself. And I honestly just don't want to talk too long about it. It's it's a sad, it's a sad, sad week. Um, but we're still gonna keep the hope. I'm still gonna keep keep up the positivity, but we're also going to be realistic and we're also going to have these conversations. And what I spoke about earlier, especially this is going towards the older generation. Let's be kinder to and have more affection for your kids, the younger generation as a whole and the generation that's coming up after us. We know, we get, and we understand that um, the things that y'all had to go through are very different from what we are dealing with now. And we understand that. Have this in mind that because the times are different, it means that we, both generations, handle these issues very differently. And so ideally, nothing gets done and no issues get solved if all we're doing is just going back and forth with each other about who's dealing with the the most crap, which inevitably gets nothing done and it just makes things worse. Because why are we debating about who's went through the greater struggle? Because it's a struggle nonetheless. And I don't... I think any logical person would know that it doesn't matter what struggle it is. It's it's still heartbreaking. And so that I I speak my, for myself and for the younger generation in general that we are needing help. We understand that we do, or at least we're going towards that direction of understanding continually learning about it and doing the things that we best can in order for it to do so. And by saying that we can't have these issues or that we have a whole bunch of complaining or that we're soft or all these different things. So do that if you wish. And then when you continuously see that more and more younger people are giving up their lives, you should not be surprised because ideally it's not everyone obviously but the ones that do know that they are the cause of the problem then it has to be seen that it has to be changed immediately if you will i was looking at uh this article on espyr.com and the article was speaking about um, suicide amongst college students and although I wasn't able to find any statistics necessarily about student athletes per se but there's still a college student nonetheless which is again which I was going back to earlier if you even look at the title student athlete they're not athletics is just what they do for a part of the time that they're in school and that's part that they're not doing the athletic part where they're doing they're being a student so 
With that being said, reading over this article, it had read that according to the American Col American College Health Association, the suicide rate amongst young adults ages 15 to 24 has tripled since the 1950s. Let me glance over that one more time because I don't think people really understand how big that really is. According to the American College Health Association, the suicide rate amongst young adults ages 15 to 24 has tripled. Tripled since the 1950s and annually about 1,000 college students take their own lives, end quote. Now, when you read that, and you hear this, you think to yourself, well, based on the population, I mean, that's really not a lot of people, which in event, that is true. That's not a lot of people compared to the a good majority of most college populations. But then you look on the other side of that. That's a thousand students that have taken their own lives and are no longer here among us. Every single year, a thousand students are gone. Every single year, a thousand different families have to hear from the universities, from their friends, from their family members, that their child is gone. We have to make a conscious effort to know that dealing with mental health is a serious matter. A very serious matter. We can't keep putting off the, oh, well, I'm just feeling fine or I'm just feeling this, this, and this. It's like, no. If, if somebody's, if you're truly trying to be there for somebody and they just tell you, oh, just they're fine, they're okay, ask them, how are you truthfully feeling? Or how are you truly? And on the other side of that, open your heart and open your mind. Because within asking that, you don't really know what you're about to hear that's about to come out of their mouths. It could be something pretty small or it could be something life changing. Regardless of the matter, whether it be big or small, it can it can lead to anything. Even the smallest little thing that just goes unnoticed and starts to fester up will always go wrong. That's how it's always been and that's how it will continue to be unless we begin to make a change for the better. And it's not just all about the youth, but it's about the older generation as well because you, the older generation has issues too that have gone unresolved for years and years and years. And it's okay to say that you need help. I don't care who is listening right now to this, 
But I'm the, going to be the one to tell you that it is okay to say that you're not all right. It is okay to say that you need help. If nobody else tells you that, just know that I do. That I love you. That I care about you. That I want to see you here. Because I'd rather sit there and cry with you. Sit there and hold you and talk to you. Versus seeing you on the news or on an article saying that you passed away. I don't care who, again, I don't care how young or how old that you are. Mental health affects us all. And I'll I'll leave you all with this. You could go into any public place, H-E-B, Walmart, um, McDonald's, a guitar center, a shopping mall, anywhere. And understand that every person that you walk by could be thinking about committing suicide, could be doing virtually anything. They could be on their last day. And understand that a kind word, a hug, or even a smile could stop somebody from taking their own life. So understand that it truthfully and honestly does not take much to be kind. It truthfully doesn't. With that being said, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in. I truthfully do love you all. I pray for peace. I pray that you have a good day. And truthfully, I do pray that you continue to live. Because no matter what happens, you have purpose. And you deserve to be here. This is Isaiah Williams, a.k.a. Speedy Bird. And this has been another episode of the Birdhouse Podcast. I'll see you soon.